the Goat Strike Force is back. Woohoo! <laughs> One of our favorite local firefighting teams is again cleaning up some areas around Reading that are in need of some brush chomping attention. In this episode, we connect with Reading Fire Marshal Craig Whitner to talk about the goats and why they are a great tool in the larger wildfire mitigation efforts. He also talks about wildfire mitigation in general and how to keep your own property fire safe this season. So thanks for being with us today, Craig. Can you introduce yourself a little bit and tell us about what you do for the Reading Fire Department? I'm Craig Whitner with the Reading Fire Department, currently the fire marshal for the city of Reading. I've been with the city about 20 years and with the Reading Fire Department about 17 years. Thanks, Craig. We are very pleased to have you with us today. And for today's podcast, we are talking about goats and goats in particular around wildfire mitigation and how they help the community. So if you can just tell us why the city has decided to deploy goats as part of its wildfire mitigation plan and what they do in our community, that's great. So the goats are basically a tool. And the reason we selected utilizing goats, really availability cost and effectiveness. So a couple of years ago, staff brought up the idea of deploying goats to reduce fire fuels in and around the city as it was discovered that other cities uh, such as Sacramento and others had been successfully utilizing goats in their open spaces for many years with good effectiveness. So we did move forward with that idea. We went through a selection process and uh, Blue Tent Farms, uh, Western Grazers out of Red Bluff, uh, was selected to be our contractor. The reason for the goats, as I mentioned, that they're a tool, they are available. So we have a good contractor that's close. He's got the product that uh, we were looking for. He can meet our needs. So they're available. Uh, the cost is very close to what it costs to have hand crews uh, work in our open spaces. And the goats are effective. They're not quite as effective as having, say, the Cal Fire Sugar Pine crews, which we had historically used with great success for many years. But the problem with that option is because of the multitude of fires throughout the state in the last half dozen years, and also some laws that have taken place, the availability of those Cal Fire Sugar Pine crews has gone down dramatically, and we don't have the option to utilize them as much as we did in the past. And then also uh, cost. So the other options is to use the California Conservation Corps. But again, those crews are very busy uh, everywhere. And there is a a substantial cost to use uh, what we call the C's. And then we also have a choice of private contractor. So contractors, prices have gone up in the last few years. And their availability has also gone down because we either say it's either feasting time or famine time. And right now it's feasting time. There's a lot of work. So the goats were available. The cost is reasonable. It's about $705 an acre currently uh, to utilize the goats. So, for example, we had our latest project up off of Buenaventura between Teton and Canyon Creek was about 30 and a half acres. So the cost of that project was just under $22,000 to have the goats graze. Uh, those open spaces. So we we look forward to utilizing the goats, uh, continue to utilize goats in the future. First and foremost, uh, they're available and we want to make sure we continue to make uh, improvements in our open space. So hopefully we'll continue to use the goats. And Craig, with regard to the effectiveness piece, 
So essentially when the goats come in, they're really just chewing grasses, bushes, shrubs down to the the stump. What does that process actually look like? The goats have their effectiveness, but they also have their limitations. So if I had my choice, I could snap my fingers. My first choice would be the Cal Fire Sugar Pine Crews because they take care of the light fuels as well as the heavier fuels. The goats do have their limitations, but they're they're effective in that they do take care of the light, flashy fuels. So they take care of the grasses, basically eat the grasses down to a nub. And they also take care of some shrubbery, depending on the plant or the shrub. They can nibble the, the shrub down or get up into a tree to a height of about six feet. So what they end up doing in taking the light, flashy fuels is they break up the continuity of the fuels available for a combustion or for burning, they separate the fuels. So we typically get fires that start on the ground and then they work their way up to what we call the ladder fuels. Well, when the goats nibble the ground fuels and some of the shrubbery and trees, they separate, uh, they create a space between the ground and the ladder fuels. So they make it a little more difficult for fire to reach the ladder fuels because of the break in continuity. The goats are somewhat selective uh, as well depending on the time of year. I just learned this year that when the poison oak starts to turn color, the goats don't want to eat it. They'll eat it when it's green. Depending on the time of year, the goats can be effective in eating poison oak. But if you wait too long and it starts to turn color, the goats aren't interested in it. And then does the city have crews that come in after the goats to kind of clear up some more of the branches on the trees and higher than the grasses, like up further up that ladder? Does anybody come in behind the goats and and do some extra work in those areas? Uh, We can, and that's the plan in some cases. So the acreage that the goats just nibbled off of Buenaventura, that had been previously treated by both the Parks Department. They had utilized the California Conservation Corps and did major fuels reduction And then we brought the goats on after to nibble that new growth. And that worked really well. There are other areas, though, where we will still need to come back in after the goats and reduce those larger fuels to provide a longer lasting uh, fuels reduction project. And Craig, you mentioned Buena Ventura, the areas that have been identified for the goats to work in. What are those areas? And then also, how are those areas selected? Are, Are you looking at the various areas around town to see what the highest risk areas are and then identifying those for the goats to work. That's exactly right. So when we're looking at selecting areas for fuels reduction projects, we prioritize those areas based upon their fire risk. The majority of work we've done in the last couple of years has been on the west and north sides, areas that have been identified as what they call a very high fire hazard severity zone. So those areas have the highest risk and they have the highest priority. Now, there are other areas in the city that also have risk, but if they're lower on the priority list, then we may not get to those areas as soon. So you'll see us concentrating our efforts on the west and north sides where the highest risk is. Another consideration of where the goats go is um, we're looking at protecting our, our neighborhoods. So between the Reading Electric Utility, the Parks Department, Fire Department, We have done uh, major fuels reduction projects not around neighborhoods, like, say, electrical infrastructure was high on the list as well. We want to protect our our electrical infrastructure and also protect the lands around uh, that infrastructure, like, say, the substations. 
We want to protect uh, if a fire starts. We don't want it damaging our substations, obviously, so we can keep the lights on for people. But we also don't want if a, uh, a, a malfunction occurs in that electrical equipment, we don't want that fire spreading to the open spaces around it. So that had a high priority. Once that was completed, we moved into the residential neighborhoods. So say, for example, Country Heights, that's always been a priority. So we continue to work in Country Heights. There's about 175 acres or thereabouts of open space in those neighborhoods. So we'll be continuing to reduce fuels in those areas. We just completed a project last year over east of the Quail Ridge subdivision, which also was in the very high fire hazard area and adjacent to residential neighborhoods. So our neighborhoods are particularly in the very high fire hazard severity zones, are pretty much top of the list. So that's why we select those areas to, uh, to do our work in. And we actually get a lot of comments on social media about people wanting the goats in their neighborhood or in a specific area that they think could be used with this program. If someone is interested in having the goats work in their neighborhood, what can they do? So it would be a two-step process. Neighbors can get a hold of Blue Tent Farms, DBA Western Grazers out of Red Bluff. They are online and discuss price. The next step is they want to apply for a permit through the planning department. A Reading Fire and the Parks Department do obtain a permit to utilize the goats. A couple of years ago, the city created a process uh, to allow animals, goats, to, uh, to graze property uh, within the city. So it does require a permit. It's a pretty simple process now. And then obviously the folks want to reach out to Blue Tent Farms or any other contractor for that matter. There are others out there. There, there's not a whole bunch of them to choose from. I think there were two or three contractors that uh, bid to work in the city. It just so happens uh, Blue Tent is up close. They're out of Red Bluff, so they're available. And for uh, logistical reasons, it might be good for folks to consider if they really want to use the goats, uh, contact the city to find out when they're going to be utilizing the goats it makes uh, better logistical reasons for them to coordinate with our contractor at the same time. So when they are trucking the goats up, they don't have to make any special trips and maybe they can you know, kill more birds with less stones. And Craig, we've, we've talked a lot about the advantages of the goats and, and kind of the benefit that they bring for the community. Are there any pitfalls to the goats? You know, anything, I don't know, you know, where water supplies might be contaminated with goats, you know, in the areas they're working or anything of that nature, or are there really, really, you know, just positives of, of utilizing the goats? Well, there are some things to look out for. When we're going through the permitting process, a couple of the agencies that are interested in what we're doing uh, in the open spaces are water quality uh, is an issue. So if you have seasonal streams or live streams that run through the property that you wish to graze, those areas are likely going to have to be protected so we don't contaminate the water courses. And then also California Department of Fish and Wildlife has some concerns about overgrazing particular areas, particularly in maybe a salmon bearing stream. So we do have environmental considerations to look out for. So when we go through the permitting process, we do make sure to identify those areas of concern, including waterways, uh, salmon bearing streams, and also possibly endangered plant species that we would want to protect. So in our projects, if we've identified areas of concern, we bring that to the attention of the contractor and we come up with a plan to protect those areas, which typically in, in the case, case of the goats 
we just fence around those concern areas and don't allow the goats in those areas. So, but we do identify those ahead of time. When we're doing our research on the goats, we did find out that there are uh, other hazards. Uh, there's also, uh, you know, neighborhood dogs. You know, we have animals in neighborhoods, so we want to make sure that we uh, protect the goats. The fencing is not just about fencing. There's a there's a herdsman on site, which tends the goats and cares for the goats. And then there's also guard dogs. They have a variety of, of dog types. I think of late, the Great Pyrenees, herd dogs are with the goats for their protection. We understand that from time to time, perhaps a, a goat uh, could be harmed or killed uh, by pets, but also a natural wildlife like uh, mountain lions. Now, we haven't had that issue, and hopefully we don't, but we understand that has occurred in other areas where uh, ghosts have been harmed or killed because of uh, low mountain lions. So we do have those in our areas. So uh, that's why we have a herdsman and, and herd dogs. God forbid, if that were to happen, is the city then responsible for, for the cost of, of that goat or is that built into the contract for, I don't, I don't know what you call that, you know, loss of potential loss of goats? My understanding is that's part of the contract. That's the responsibility of the contractor to provide those means necessary to protect the goats. And then I just wanted to go back and ask about the fencing. Does the city actually set up the fencing or is that part of the contract as well with Blue Tent Farms? Nope, that's part of the Blue Tent Farms. They come in ahead of time and they place electrified fencing to keep the goats uh, in their uh, paddocks. And they set up anywhere from a one to a three acre paddock and just move the goats from spot to spot with the fencing. So the contractor does all that work. And the fence is electrified. We do make an effort to notify folks that uh, the fence is electrified. It will shock you. There've been a couple dogs uh, that we've had as citizens that have walked by. The dogs have gotten uh, shocked a couple times, but uh, it's an uncomfortable jolt. It's not high voltage. And on that note, Craig, I mean, best practices and kind of what we're asking the community, it's okay to to go and look at the goats and, and photograph them or video them if you'd like, but you know, just that not to interact with them, not to touch, stay away from the fence as, as they do their work. Is that right? No, that's exactly right. We've had a case where when we use the goats over off of Buenaventura, our, our first project, the goats did escape the fence. Uh, we understand that there were some uh, well-intentioned citizens there that were feeding the goats. The goats crowded and pushed the fence over. And then they inundated, I believe it was Elizabeth Way, uh, with a large herd of goats. Uh, and the goats ended up nibbling uh, some ornamental landscaping, which was unfortunate that the neighbors uh, were mildly irritated and we were thankful for their patience. But as soon as we realized they'd escaped, we we notified the contractor. But we did have to call the street sweeper to uh, to clean up the mess that the goats left on, on the city street. So that was a first for me. You described that so eloquently, Craig. I mean, essentially we have a you know, mass rampage of goats, you know, running wild <laughs> to the neighborhood. <laughs> it was entertaining to say the least. You know, it's easier for me to say because I, I, my, my ornamental vegetation wasn't nibbled on by the goats, but the neighbors were very understanding. So we would ask folks to, we know the citizens like the goats. I, I like them a lot myself. And they, one of the reasons I like them so much is because they garner the interest of the public, and it's really to talk about fuels reduction. I like the idea of the goats because it was something different for Reading. Even though other communities have been using goats for years, it was newer to us. And the public seems to really like the goats. And, and it's really about fuels reduction and fire safety. So anything that we can do to, to gain the public's 
interest in the subject of fire safety is very good. So we ask the folks to enjoy the goats. Obviously, look at them, uh, you know, bring your kids out. Be careful of traffic. They've got traffic concerns wherever the goats are at. Uh, but just don't don't interact with them. Don't uh, don't feed them. Don't crowd the fence. Just just let them do their job. And on the note, Craig, if folks do want to try and find out where the goats are going next or what that schedule looks like, what's the best way for them to do that? So the city communications team has placed those areas, I believe, on social media. The parks department, once they're done with the project, the goats are currently over off of Blazingwood Drive. And that concludes the, uh, the project for the fire department. And then the goats are going to be moved over to other locations to do about 90 acres for the parks department this season. Once the goats are concluded with our projects, then we will plan on where to put the goats uh, next season and look to bring them on somewhere around May of next year, May to June of next year. But we'll advertise that so folks can get out and, and enjoy those little creatures. Are there thoughts on employing the goats year round or is that too cost prohibitive or it's just as far as kind of the wildfire mitigation piece goes, it's not necessary? Well, we've talked about that, but I don't know if that's something the city will look at seriously in the future. You know, obviously there's some benefits to hiring a contractor. They bear all the responsibility of caring for the animals year round. There are some, essentially it's a seasonal fuels reduction tool we wouldn't want them on our hillside, say, in the, the rainy season or winter season, because then you're looking at, you know, erosion issues. So they could not be a year round tool. But uh, for now, I believe we'll continue to contract uh, with a, a contractor. Um, so they bear all the responsibility and we essentially get the fruits of their labor. And I have kind of a last fire mitigation question that's maybe a little linked to goats, but I think one of the benefits of the goats is that they 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 aren't a power tool, right? So they don't have any sparks right. or any combustion or anything like that. If if people are looking to do some fire mitigation on their own property and maybe they can't board the goats or that's not an option for them, what's a way that they can safely clean up their property right now just given how dry all the vegetation is here locally? That's a good question. So there are just plain and simple going to be some days, many days, quite frankly, throughout the summer that folks are not going to be able to use power tools. We're going to have a lot more uh, red flag warnings and red flag days coming up. We're just in the beginning of summer. But if folks want to do fuels mitigation, which, of course, we encourage, don't use power tools. And if you do use power tools, even lawnmowers, use them before 10 o'clock in the morning when the humidities are at their peak. After 10 o'clock, the temperatures rise, the humidity start to drop, and then your chances of creating an unwanted fire uh, go up uh, dramatically. And obviously, don't use any power tools on a hot, windy day, certainly not on a red flag warning or red flag day. So do your, uh, your fuels reduction efforts uh, before 10 o'clock uh, in the morning. Was there anything else, Craig, on the goat topic specifically that you wanted to touch on? <clears throat> I was just going to mention, you know, some folks, uh, maybe individually, we can't afford to use the goats. So we encourage residents to collectively get together. It's it we're, Each of us is responsible not only for our own defensible space, but we also affect our neighbor's defensible space and risk and vice versa. So if an individual landowner wants to move forward with utilizing goats as a fuels reduction tool, great but they can be more effective if more neighbors 
band together and get the goats for a larger project, which benefits more neighbors than just one. So it can also bring the cost down as well. As a reminder, we are really looking for community feedback for this podcast. If you have questions, comments, or suggestions for episodes, please email us at podcast at cityofreading.org. We'd love to hear from you and incorporate those questions into future episodes.